a miracle happens. What is miracle happens? We put on events like this, special events, purposely because God is actively moving in people's lives. And extraordinary things are happening all the time. For example, you switch on the news and you hear about hate crimes. You switch on the news and you hear all the negativity that's going on around the world. But I want you to know that while there are negative things happening and while there are some disasters and tragedies and we know that the thief comes to steal, to kill and destroy, God is also moving by his spirit and God is moving miraculously. A lot of people would like us to believe that the dispensation or the time of God doing miracles has ceased. Or that the gifts of the Spirit no longer operate. I am very happy to tell you that God is not fickle. He doesn't change with fads and fashion. He is always the same. And the same God that appeared on the earth in the book of uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John is the same God that wants to appear not only in his church, but through his church, that's you and me. Can I get an agreement? Absolutely. In just a moment, we're going to start our Miracle Happens event. In each of these events, we take the life of a person who encountered some form of tragedy, some form of hardship, some form of difficulty, just like every one of us. We do these events so that they will speak to you. We have a saying here at Grace and Faith Church, most of us are like the rest of us. And our lives are filled with highs and lows, and sometimes too many lows. But as we meditate, as we focus, as we put our eyes on the miracles and the interventions of God, what we find is that it inspires our faith and lifts us up. Today, you will be inspired. Next Sunday, we have a young lady named Robia Scott. Robia Scott is going to be with us for A Miracle Happens, and she's going to be sharing how she came to Jesus Christ. Now, her name might mean nothing to you. It may not register whatsoever. But Robia Scott had become very successful in the entertainment industry. She, at a young age, became a professional dancer, and she toured the world for 18 months with an artist called Prince. And Prince had a, a, an album that he had released called Diamonds and Pearls, and Robia was picked out of thousands of young aspiring dancers to play the role of Pearl. And she and the other young lady toured with him, and they sang and danced in front of uh, crowds of over 60,000 people. After that, Robia set her sights on television and movies, and she became a well-known actress and had quite a level of success uh, behind her name. She appeared as a regular in uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer and uh, a number of other weekly shows that appeared nationwide. Her life was empty. And she wasn't finding the fulfillment that she had hoped to find until 
she found Jesus Christ. And so next Sunday, Robias got a well-known name in the secular world, uh, will be here with us in this church sharing her life story and what brought her to our Savior, Jesus Christ. This is not about religion. This is about a relationship with a God who wants to hug us and pick us up, live inside of us, and help us every day of our lives. If you've experienced that, come on, give me some noise. Absolutely. 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 We are about to dim the lights and show a short video intro for our next guest. So sit tight, take your seats, let's dim the lights. today you're going to hear a story of amazing grace and incredible faith. Now unfortunately tragedies happen every day and tragedies like the one you're about to hear today often end up in fatalities and this case would have been no different than any other tragedy except for God. Well, with a successful string of musicals behind him, our guest, who you're about to meet, Luke, uh, moved from the Tampa Bay area to L.A. to pursue his dream of acting. But once Luke was there and away from his family and his church friends, having to find his niche in a very different type of culture, Luke started to struggle with depression and loneliness and uh, I guess reconfiguring who he is. He started to hang out with some buddies from work. And this particular night, after having had a few drinks at the local bar, he was on his way home at 4 a.m. in the morning when disaster spilled out along the highway. His car, he lost control of his car. It flipped. He hit a fire hydrant and several trees in the process. Medics arrived on the scene only to determine that he was so severe and so critical that they had to airlift him to Los Angeles County Medical Center. I want you to welcome with me today 
Come on, let's give a grace and faith type of welcome to the Bernard family. On my far right, we have Dad, Daniel, and we have Mom, Kathy, and we have Luke. Let's give them a warm welcome. Thank you, guys. Great to have you here. It's good to see you all. Now, Daniel, your family lives here in the Tampa Bay area. Is that correct? Clearwater, yeah. And I believe that for the last 15, 20 years, you have been heading up Somebody Cares Tampa Bay. 22 years. 22 years. Now, Somebody Cares Tampa Bay is a non-denominational ministry focused on bringing major events to the Tampa Bay area and combining all the churches together for unity so that together we can function as the body of Christ. And Daniel, I want to take a moment to publicly thank you for 22 years of service. Thank you so much. And Kathy, you, he didn't do that without you. You were by his side the whole time. So thank you to Kathy as well. Let's give them a big round of applause. Now, Daniel, uh, to my understanding, you guys, as we said, you live here in, in, in the Tampa Bay area, but this accident took place in L.A., is that correct? That's right, yeah. So how did you hear about Luke's accident? Well, I was in Houston, and uh, in fact, I literally I was in the airport, uh, and I got a call from Luke's employer, and he said, hey, I don't mean to pry into someone's private life and so forth, but... You know, Luke's a really good employee, and, and he hasn't come to work or called or anything for the last three days, and, and none of his coworkers know where he's at. And I'm, he said, I'm, I'm afraid that something's really wrong. And I, and, uh, I said, yeah, well, something is really wrong because Luke's a, Luke's a struggling actor, and he needs that job. So uh, I know something. <laughs> wrong. You didn't want to have to pay his bills, right? <laughs> so, so something knows, I said, something's wrong because the, 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 even the... Uh, the manager said, it's just not like Luke. And I said, no, something's wrong. And so I immediately called Kathy and told her, you know, that we need to start in what happened, that Luke is, Luke is missing. So, Kathy, Luke is missing. How did you track him down? For, first of all, just before you answer that, when the boss called you, how many days had he been missing at this point? Three days. Three days. Kathy, what did you feel when you found out your son was missing for three days? Um, well, all kinds of things go through your mind. And um, I was thinking, is my son on the side of the road dead? Has he been kidnapped? Is he in jail? And then you start thinking, what's the least worst scenario here? And you just don't know. And at that point, we just had to start looking. I mean, Kathy and Daniel, I mean, being a parent and now a grandparent, I can only imagine as all of you, your son goes off to L.A., you don't know what to expect, and then you get a phone call and he's missing three days. Uh, I mean, that is pretty horrendous. Kathy, how did you go about to tracking him down? Um, well, I got my daughter on his Facebook, social media, and he, she started asking, trying to go through his friends to find out a timeline where he was. And, um, and then I started calling all the hospitals, the police, just anyone and everyone to try to find. We actually called the hospital where he was at the time, and they said he wasn't there. And then wow. they finally said, well, just call the sheriff's department. They'll be able to tell if he's been in an accident. 
which that's how we found out. And they said, he's at that hospital. You know, we, we thank God for our, our police department, our hospitals, and all of our rescue people. And what I'm about to point out in this story has no reflection on the great work that they do. But I'm going to point it out because as you guys shared this story with me, it became really evident that the enemy wanted to take this guy out for good. So you had made the comment that Luke's driver's license had gone through the hands of eight different police officers, and yet the police department had never contacted your family. Yep. And, and again, that's not normal. You know, they normally do a great job, and we thank God for all of our rescue members around the nation. They do an incredible job. But I think something slips like this because the enemy has set up a plan and a strategy, and if it was his will be done, Luke wouldn't be here today. So uh, right. uh, good for you that you were able to track down your son I'd hate to be one of your kids growing up and you had to find me. You're a real sleuth. <laughs> All right. So, Luke, we're going to put up some pictures of uh, the car accident. I know that you really don't have a lot of memory as to what happened just prior to the accident and uh, during and even for a time afterwards because you had such severe brain in uh, injuries. But we're going to put up these pictures. What came to your mind when you finally were stabilized? What did you think when you saw these pictures? Well, I don't believe I saw any of these pictures until I was, I was back um, living with my parents in Florida. Uh, <laughs> so when I see these pictures, uh, it is. It, uh, it just doesn't seem real. It seems like I'm watching or looking at pictures from a movie or yeah. something like that. It doesn't, doesn't, doesn't seem like it was me, but I know it is me because when I see these pictures, I'm still missing a piece of my skull. Yeah. So like the, the gravity of just like not remembering anything, seeing all this, and then knowing I don't have my skull and I'm going through therapy and rehab sure. I'm just like what happened to me yeah did you uh I your mom and you recounted to me that as your car flipped whatever it did you took out a fire hydrant and several trees and if we look closely church if you look closely at this here you will see that part of the tree is embedded in the roof of the car and uh, you will see the actual imprint of the branch. The must have been a huge branch, judging by the concave there. Uh, goes straight across the roof, across the window. It smashes the window. You can see up along the side of the windscreen where the molding is, all the red bark. And if the lights were dimmer here, you'd actually see bark embedded in the door handle as well. Now, you were unrestrained in the car, is that correct? No seatbelt from the police reports? Police report, that, that's, um, that's what they, they said. Um, and I just found that to be odd since I'm the one who's so adamant about putting on your seatbelt and telling others to put on their seatbelt. But, I mean, it's understandable that you know, it's being so late at night that you just don't put it on. And right. So, 
So that, that's what it said. That I, I was unrestrained. Right. Uh, we, we have a video clip that we're about to show, courtesy of the 700 Club. And uh, we're going to just tune into this clip for a brief moment to hear what Dr. Peter Gruen had to say about this whole incident. records show that he arrived at the emergency room with a Glasgow coma scale of three, the worst possible score. No one knew if Luke would fully recover, not even neurosurgeon Dr. Peter Gruen. Somebody like Mr. Bernard, who comes in with a Glasgow coma score of three, and then a few months later is walking into my brain injury clinic, I could count those on one hand. So very, very, very uncommon. And I, I, I hesitate to say the word, but I, you know, it, it, it is almost, when you see it, the first word that comes in your mind is like miraculous. Yeah, and Pastor, just to kind of note this, P Dr. Peter Gruen, he wasn't just a neurosurgeon, but he's over, he's the director of neurosurgery for LA County Hospital, which is like the largest trauma center in, in the United States. In fact, they did a special documentary on LA County Hospital and the trauma center. It's called Code Black. So it's a big deal for him to be saying what he's saying. And another thing is, and he's, he's published several uh, peer-reviewed studies uh, dealing with traumatic brain injury and the brain. And a peer-reviewed study is a, is a study that um, a doctor or a scientist will do, and then there's several outsources of doctors and, and scientists have to affirm that, that study in order for it to become a peer-reviewed study. So that's just wow. showing the, the, the level, level of, of experience credibility, and credibility. Yeah. And you can tell in that video that he, uh, he didn't want to say miracle. <laughs> no, uh, no. So, so just, uh, it just goes to show you that, uh, you know, Something when it comes happened. to all of their degrees and medical education, miracle is one topic that they never had to pass in, uh, in their exams. It <laughs> becomes very hard for a secular person to identify and recognize that this is a miracle. Now, Luke, I noticed that he mentioned you came in uh, with, through the uh, helicopters and whatnot with a GCS of three. Explain that for us. You know, we don't know what that is. Yeah, I, I had no idea what that is either. So uh, I ended up, I, I asked, we uh, got the medical records, and I see that that's what it says. And I asked a friend of mine who happened to become an urgent care doctor, and I said, what does it mean if a patient's a GCS at three? He says, it means basically you're dead. And I was like, okay, great. Can you tell me what GCS <laughs> stands for? Like, he says, it's a Glasgow Coma Scale. So, anyone like me, what do you do? You put it into Google, and you see what you can find. And so I, I knew I had to do uh, good uh, websites, .org and .gov, and I started reading uh, medical journals, and it explains what uh, a Glasgow Coma Scale is. And it's a scale that goes off of three different areas that range to one to four, one to five, one to six, the higher numbers being the better numbers. Uh, response, movement, pupils, pain, these different areas, and I scored a one in each, so the lowest, it being a three. And I'm reading the, 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 the medical journal, 
that's explaining this, and it said, patients that come in with a Glasgow Coma Scale of three have virtually no chance of surviving. If they do survive and have a good survival, 70% will live in a vegetative state. I'm like, that's a good survival? <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, I'm just telling you what my reaction was. And then it said, however, patients with a GCS of three with dilated and fixed pupils have a 100% fatality rate. And I look at my medical records and it said, I'm a GCS of three with dilated and fixed pupils. Yeah. And so when I, and I was, a, uh, growing up I was a math person, so I need the facts, and so I'm seeing the facts, and, and I'm like, oh my gosh. That's awesome. incredible, that's mm -hmm. absolutely incredible. I, 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 yeah. Yes. Yeah. Amen. And I want you to know that uh, the Bernard family made the medical records available to me and I was able to read through them and there it was, a GCS of three and like you said, it states that your pupils were dilated and totally non-responsive. Uh, you know, only God could do this. It, it's obvious it was the enemy's will to take you out, but God's grace uh, intervened and thank God for parents who had faith and who were praying. Uh, I mean, that's just incredible. We got a couple of pictures, two pictures in particular of Daniel, uh, sorry, Luke in the hospital bed. Let's just go to those. There he is with a body brace and a neck brace. Now, you had a body brace because you had sustained a number of fractures as well. Tell us about that. Uh, yeah, so my records, it, it stated I had facial fractures, uh, fractures in my ribs. My C4 and C6 vertebrate were fractured. Um, and uh, they, they um, so that's why they put me in the body brace and they didn't know if um, they needed to perform a surgery to put a bar um, um, for, up for your those, back, yeah. yeah, up your spine. Now, uh, Kathy, you and Daniel are now by Luke's side. Three days after the accident, you find out. You guys whiz out there to L.A. Uh, he already had surgery when you got there. What surgery did he have, and why did he have surgery? Okay. Well, when he got through this accident, one of his injuries was a traumatic brain injury, uh, TBI is what it's called. And they basically had to take off half of his head to allow the brain to swell, and he had two blood clots. So before they even addressed any other injuries or anything, they had to take that part. And the part that they took off was actually the bone was fractured. His, his skull was in pieces. That shows how tra traumatic it was. Um, and so they took half his head off. The brain had to swell. They took the blood clots out. Wow. Now, the blood clots alone are mm -hmm. something that could have killed him. Yeah. Uh, his skull was crushed from the impact yes. and uh, being unrestrained, hitting a fire hydrant, several trees. We saw the impact of the tree. Um, they remove part of the skull so that the brain can't, it's swelling, right. so that it doesn't create more damage to the brain. We have some pictures, and if you are a little bit squeamish, I'm just going to give you a heads up. You might want to put your hand in front of your eyes 
If you're a little bit bold, you might want to open up the Venetian blinds like that. And uh, if you really got a lot of guts, then you'll just be able to look full on. We got some pictures of Luke after they had removed the portion of the skull and allowed the skin to just find its natural place. So if we could go to that, and you can see the divot in his head here as he's laying up against the pillow. Um, could, we, could we please have the rest of the house lights off so that the photos on the video can show up better? Here's a, a, a photo of Luke sitting up in a chair, and obviously you can see on the right side of his head all of those, um, the indentation from the skull having been removed. That's pretty amazing. What do you think when you look at those pictures? Um, <laughs> I think that, obviously, I, I, I remember that yeah. actually having place, and uh, uh, that's pretty traumatic. Yeah, there was a, I mean, I, 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 there were, with having my, not a piece of my skull, but like, uh, I was, I was scared. Hey, I Daniel. Was, I would sit down to dress myself. I was, I was scared. Luke, I'm sorry. Luke, you're a young man. You had to have looked at that and thought, this isn't going to improve my chances of picking up a date, right? <laughs> you did I that. never thought that at all. I, I, <laughs> he did think that. I mean, I wasn't thinking of like, you I did, did think, think that. that. Okay, okay. When he was Go in ahead, rehab, Mom, what, what he say? looked in the mirror and right. he said to his dad, you know, Am I going to look like this? Yeah, I mean, sure. Because he was just relearning everything again. I mean, so come you're on, looking let, let, at yourself, and you're kind of your face is droopy because at absolutely. first it was different, and then you have half a head, and you're just going, "Am I going to look like this the rest of my life?" I mean, let's be honest that that would devastate any <laughs> yeah. of us. I, I would be thinking those questions in terms of, "This is what people have got to look at when I'm preaching." <laughs> oh my goodness, you know? Yeah. Uh, pretty well, amazing, <laughs> Daniel. After the initial surgery. Mm -hmm. um, what was your expectation? What was the hospital's expectation? And how much time went by before you actually saw a response? Well, um, so Bethany, I think, because I don't think my wife could talk. Uh, Luke is one of six children. So Bethany, his sister, called me while I was in the airport and said, hey, you uh, should, Dad, it's bad. Um, so I did get to talk with the doctor, Dr. Matei. And he went and told me, he said, we've had to, he has broken vertebrae. He, we had to remove a portion of his skull uh, and understanding just to save it, to try to save his life. Right. Um, and uh, he just told me at that time, Mr. Bernard, you just get here. We don't know if he's going to live or die. And so uh, with the Glasgow Coma Scale, they only had, um, they said he they had a slight pulse and that's why they did the operation. Otherwise, as Luke would tell you, the, the medical records say that you should stop treatment and, and do uh, become a donor, uh, organ donor. And Luke's an organ donor on his license plate, and so they could have done that. And I think anywhere anywhere else, maybe they would have done that, but they but they Whoa, didn't. Oh, hang on a second. So here's another intervention of God, God's grace. He's got a slight pulse, which obligates them medically to operate on him, otherwise they would have been harvesting his organs. Right, yeah. Wow. So, Church, can you, can you see how, 
God looks out for us, and he's constantly watching over us. Yeah, give God a big round of applause. I mean, that's huge. That in itself is a big deal. So what, you know, I mean, immediately what happened, of course, we're, we're all very emotional. But in fact, you, you said the scripture, John 10, 10, came up, just rose up in me. And I just said, there's no way uh, Satan can't have my son. Yeah. Yeah. And... <laughs> And uh, sorry, uh, it, it was pretty wild. But we told everybody, um, uh, you'll see it in the movie. It's something that's portrayed in the movie is that we said we told everybody pray for complete recovery. I had we had no idea that you know we just said this is not going to happen to my son. And we told him I said if you can't pray this way, we understand. But this is the only way we understand to pray. For complete recovery. And, and you know, Daniel, that, that's a, a really important point. And I'm glad you, you said that. Because when I was talking with Kathy and Luke yesterday, um, you were out of town. And they were telling me about how they started praying and asking people to pray. Between you and Kathy, explain to the church, uh, how did you guys pray? What did you ask other people to pray? What was your attitude and your approach in this whole situation because this was I mean Luke is on the knife edge of life and death so Kathy why don't you start tell us how did you guys pray and how did you go about this okay well one of the first things that people ask me is you know when you're in that situation you think you know what you're gonna how you're gonna react in a crisis situation and what do you do when you walk in and see the situation um, and I was fortunate that God's peace was there as we went to that room. And our attitude was like, this is a situation. This is bad. And we, we have to start working, which meant we have to start praying and interceding for him. And the, sometimes our prayers end up being kind of general, where we just say, if it's God's will, that kind of thing. And that's not how we work. We said, we believe that God, uh, the destiny for Luke is not that he's going to be dead at 25 years old. That he is going to live. And he's going to be the light like his, his name is. Yeah. And so we told people when we called, and there were thousands of people praying. And we said, we want you to pray three ways. We want you to pray specific, desperate, unified prayers with us. If you can't do that, then that's okay, but that's what we're going to do. Yeah. And so as we prayed, our specific prayers, it wasn't just like, oh, heal them, Lord, just heal them. Yeah. Each day we would tell people specifically, and I blogged this whole thing out. Um, I, we would say, today he has a fever. Pray against that fever. He needs to get the drain out of his, his yeah. brain that's Absolutely. draining. Let's pray for that. He, he has to wake up from the, the trachea thing. Each day it was specific things that we were zooming in on mm -hmm. to pray. Amen. And we were desperate because yeah. he was bad. You know, and Kathy, I'm so glad that you're pointing this out. Because, church, it is so important that we understand God will answer our prayers. 
Over and over and over again in the Gospels, we see Jesus responding to people like Kathy, responding to people like you in the middle of a crisis, but they're believing. And Jesus says, according to your faith, according to what you're believing, you draw the picture, you size it up, you paint the landscape, according to your faith, it will be done unto you. And so, rightly so, here you are telling people what to pray point by point and keeping them in a very, very positive place. That is awesome. And church, I want, uh, you know, yeah, give them a big round of applause. I want to point out, we know that God is the healer, but by the same token, while God is the healer, thank God for a father and a mother who stood in the gap, and in the face of your guts and your heart being ripped apart, you were able to stand on the character of God, stand on the word of God, and with bulldog tenacity, you fought hell off so that your son could live again. That is incredible. Thank you for having that kind of faith. That's awesome. The, the whole story, and obviously Luke has made an incredible, miraculous recovery. Uh, and because of the initial brain injury, you had trouble sleeping, uh, as is normal for people who have struggled with a brain injury. But something happened one night. You had a complete, perfect night of rest, and you had a dream. What was that dream about? Well, the, the dream was about the, these two brothers. And one brother, he was, you could say, he's, he's Mr. Popular. Uh, he's an athlete. He goes to church. He's a good stand-up guy. And so the, but the other brother, there was like a sibling rivalry. Uh, he's like, why does everyone like this guy? I don't want to be around him and go to church with him. All that. I don't want to be around him. And in my dream, uh, the brothers are driving a car, and a car accident happens in my dream. And it's very vivid, like I'm there. And the popular had all the same injuries that I had. Broken vertebrates, removal of skulls. And, and you're seeing all this in your dream. Yeah, I'm seeing it. It's like, it's like just deep sleep, just seeing it, just like riveting. And then in my dream, he has the same healings that took place with me getting my new skull in two months and no more broken vertebrates. Let's pause there for a moment. Church, they have the x-rays of C4 and C6 were fractured. He was in a body brace because if he moved, it could create other spinal injuries and maybe paralysis. So the hospital had this guy in pretty much a straight jacket. And one day in the middle of his recovery, he sits up in bed and as they continue to take more x-rays they found that all the fractures had disappeared in his spine incredible and so you're seeing that in your dream as well is that right so uh, yeah I, I see uh, in my dream of uh, he's the brothers totally healed and in my other dream the other brother he comes to the same uh, epiphany realization and healing that he doesn't have to be like mr popular and perfect 
to be loved that God loves him just the way he is. Awesome. What an awesome story. Because, and so both the brothers yeah. depict a part of me yeah. because I was, I was struggling with God, feeling that God loved me just because I felt like I had to like have cross every T, dot every dot I, and just all these restrictions. I had life. live a be a perfect Christian to be loved by God. That's right. just what I thought. Awesome. We are going to cut to a trailer of the movie because uh, after God gave you this dream and you wrote it out, here you were pursuing an acting career. You write the script. You're still recovering from your injuries. I think you were only several months. About six months. Six months yeah. after this near fatal accident, he writes the script to the dream he had, and now it's in a motion uh, picture form called The Favorite. Yeah, we're Pastor, gonna... Pastor the six months before, we have a picture. Six months before, you could see him scribbling. When he was trying to write his name for the first Couldn't time. Couldn't even write his name and, properly. And even though he's a graduate from the University of Central Florida, He's probably never written more than 15 pages yeah. in his life. And then in the middle of brain trauma, he writes 88 pages. So it's just, it's Incredible. wild. Incredible. Praise God. Praise God. We're going to dim all the house lights, and we're going to go to this next video clip. Thank you. Okay. Seatbelts on. Let's go. We got a game to win. That's great, pal. That's great. I got a B. That's wonderful. Luke, how did you do that? Dean's list. Go! <laughs> you weren't at my practice. Scored three goals. Dad was there. My solo is for you. Always. My Ben. Luke Bernard. Hey, I'm Philip Moore. Real Salt Lake, Major League Soccer. How are you? You always have to be the star. Nah, some things come natural. Dad, something happened. Father in heaven, we ask that you please don't take Luke home. Look how many people are praying. Isn't that amazing? You really think that's going to make a difference? Luke, it's time to wake up. Benjamin, he needs you. I do know that you need to figure it out with your dad. You've always put him first. This is going to make the title fight even bigger. $10,000 in a grand prize for the winner. Uh, this is what I'm going to do to help you guys. Uh, I'll win this to help with Luke's bills. Bernard's never quit. And we know this. We don't grieve as others who have no hope. Today we have hope. Our hope is the thing that helps us get through. I love you. And I have loved you from the moment you were born. Wow. Wow. Now, Daniel, obviously in this movie, Luke didn't play himself. He played the other brother in the dream. And I'm going to quickly add that the story here has nothing to do with him feeling rejected from you or the family, <laughs> but this is a dream that God gave him with elements of the true story of his accident. You have invested, as a family, a lot of 
resources and time into this movie. And as we conclude here, Daniel, I want to ask you, why did you get behind the movie? Well, um, you know, first of all, you know, they never intended to be a movie producer, but when God heals your son miraculously and then in a miraculous way gives him a script out of a dream, God's like tapping you on your shoulder, you're going to do this, you know. Mm-hmm. But the main thing is, is that we wanted to inspire and give other people hope uh, and, and send the message. The message of the movie is regardless of your family dynamics, your background, so forth, God says you're his favorite by virtue of the fact that Jesus came and died for us all. And so that's a great message I think we need as a church Absolutely. to send to our nation today. God says you're his favorite. Amen. Awesome. For those of you who are here physically today, and for those of you that are watching us via live streaming, this story, both the movie and this story, is a perfect summation of the gospel of Jesus Christ. The Bible calls it the good news of the kingdom of God. The reason why the gospel is the good news of the kingdom of God is because we live in a world where the kingdom of darkness rules But God's kingdom has come to set people free. God's kingdom has come to overturn the works of the enemy. John says in one of his letters, For this reason was the Son of God made manifest to destroy all the works of the evil one. And we clearly see how the evil one, Satan, wanted to take you out and destroy you and take out your life. But God intervened through Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit. And God, one by one, undid every curse on your life, every natural uh, 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 thing that doctors predicted would have happened became turned around and God unfolded a miracle. And so for those of you that are here, if you have never asked Jesus Christ into your heart, the most important, the most incredible, the most life-changing thing you can do is to realize that irrespective of where you're at in life, whether your life has been phenomenal and on the way to a career of acting, or whether your life has been filled with a lot of brokenness and hurt and pain. God has a gospel that fits your story. The Bible says that God so loved the world that he became flesh and he dwelt among us. On earth, his name is Jesus. God loved you so much that while he watched the world careening out of control, he said, I have to step in and save as many as will believe on me. This is what the Bible says. God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. This isn't about religion. This is about coming to a place where you realize God really cares about you and you open up your heart and you ask Jesus Christ to come into your heart. I'm going to ask everyone to stand with me right now. I'm glad you're here today. 
I'm glad you took the time out of your schedule to be a part of this service here at Grace and Faith. But this service lasts an hour and a half, an hour and 45 minutes, and it's over. Have you only come to witness an event? Or was there a greater purpose and a destiny? I believe you're here today because God loves you. I believe you're here today because you've been running and your life at times has been out of control. But God wants to bring it back into control. So often God is painted in a light where he is just so angry and judgmental. You know, when I screw up in life, I don't need somebody to be angry at me. I need somebody who could understand I'm a mess. If you're just angry at me, all you're doing is compounding the fact that I'm messed up. God so loved us in all of our failures and in all of our mistakes that he literally came to earth to be with us to pay a price for our mistakes. It's not about how perfect a life you can live, as Luke can attest to. <laughs> it's about whether or not you're let, you will let God have intervention permission in your life. Luke was driven by the fact that he thought he had to cross every T, dot every I, and live this perfect life. And here he is in L.A., away from his church, and struggling with who he is and trying to fit in trying to gain acceptance and yet not coming up to certain standards according to his faith and in that conflict the enemy tried to take him out asking Jesus into your heart isn't about cleaning up your act first asking Jesus into your heart isn't about making this promise I'll never make a mistake again. No. Asking Jesus Christ in your heart is an acknowledgement that without Him, we're broken and we need help. And so right now, you're here maybe because a friend or a relative invited you. Maybe because you saw it on Facebook. Maybe because you were driving by and like so many people in this church, something told you, you need to go there. But whatever got you here, you are here right now so that you could see the goodness of God and the power of God in action. So that you could know in your heart, God wants to be the same God in your everyday life. Friends, if you have never asked Jesus Christ into your heart, if you're watching by live stream, you could be a great Catholic, an altar boy, you could be a, a wonderful Baptist or Episcopalian or Pentecostal. It's not the name of a religion that'll make the difference. It's the name of Jesus Christ and letting him into your personal space allowing him to take control of your life whether you're watching via live stream or you're here today right now everyone close your eyes 
and let the Spirit of God speak to you. Because I believe Luke's story is your opportunity so that God can write your story. That's why you're here today. Stop running. Come on. Stop putting up the walls and all of your defenses. The Spirit of God is talking to you right now. You know that. The Spirit of God is telling you it's time. God, like a father who's lost his kid, wants you back. Right across this auditorium, right now, say yes to Jesus. Say yes to God. Come home. Let Jesus Christ come into your heart. You don't have to do it on your own. You don't have to try to figure it out. You don't have to put the world back together by yourself. Say yes to Jesus and let God come into your heart, into your space right now. And just say, yes, I need your help. Right now, across this auditorium and across Life Street, I want you to say yes. If you want God to come into your life, put your hand up right now. And say, I want to ask Jesus Christ into my heart. Come on, put your hand up. Raise your hand right now if that's you. I see that hand. I see that hand. I see that hand. Thank you so much. Raise your hand. Don't be shy. Say, I want to accept Jesus Christ into my heart. Thank you. I see that hand. I believe there are more. I, I sense it. I feel the Spirit of God telling me that there are some that are still holding out. Whether you're embarrassed, you're shy, you're conscious of the people next to you, don't let those things rob you of God's best. You've been robbed too many times in the past. Don't let them rob you. I'm going to ask everyone here to very quietly, politely, sensitively turn to someone next to you and ask them if they would like to ask Jesus Christ into their heart. And as you're doing that, invite them to come on down the front. I want to pray with people right now. Those of you that raised your hand, come on down the front. I want to pray with you, introduce you to Jesus. Turn to the people next to you. Ask them if they would like to do that. And if they would, join them. Come with them and bring them down the front. Come on, turn to the person next to you right now. Ask them if they know Jesus as their Lord and Savior. Thank you. Here they come. They're coming already. If you've raised your hand, come on down the front. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. God bless you. Others are coming. Come and join us right now. Praise God. Awesome. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Awesome. They're still coming. Come on, put your hands together. They're still coming. Thank you. God bless you. I'm proud of you. God bless you. This is so important. This is big. This is big. This is big. Don't let fear stop you. Don't let embarrassment stop you. Don't let your past stop you. Don't let religious thoughts stop you. I want to tell you, God aggressively took action and He came to earth that He could save us 
each and every one of us. The crucifixion was drastic action. All God's asking you today is to acknowledge you need Jesus Christ. If that's you, come on down. Come on down. Even as we start to pray, come on down. And let Jesus fill the emptiness like only he can. Awesome. I'm so proud of you. Folk out the front here, God bless you. This is awesome. Incredible. Congratulations. Thank you. Good decision. Great decision. Best decision. Amen. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Awesome. Awesome. You know, religion will tell us many things about God, but religion is often wrong. Nobody will ever know you like God knows you. What's your name, Stephen? Stephen? There's a verse in the Bible that says, Who knows the mind of a man except his own spirit? This young lady that came with you, she probably knows you fairly well. I don't know you at all, Stephen. But you know what? As well as she knows you, no one knows you like you. But the Spirit of God. God knows you as well as your own spirit knows you. In fact, having walked with God for quite a while, <laughs> I've learned He actually knows me better than I know me. He knows why I'm broken. He remembers the very moment that things in my emotions got scarred. He remembers everything that didn't go according to His plan that broke us. He understands me. He gets me. I love the fact that God gets us and He understands us. Amen. God understands broken. Yeah. And so we're going to ask Jesus Christ in our heart because nobody can take broken and make it whole like Jesus can. Religion can't do it, but Jesus can do it. And so right now, I want everyone in this place to repeat after me. And those of you out the front especially, join with me in prayer right now as we ask God to come in our lives. Repeat these simple words. If everyone would close their eyes. Dear God, I believe you love me. I believe you came to earth as Jesus Christ. And you died on that cross. To take my place. Jesus, I accept you. I receive you. I need you. I thank you for hearing my prayer. Today, I acknowledge I'm broken. I've made mistakes. And I need you in my life. I welcome you. Forgive me of all my mistakes. All of my sins. Come into my life. And start to put me back together again. I thank you, Father. That today. Jesus has come into my heart. My sins are forgiven. And I am born again 
I have a second shot at life, but this time with Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Come on. Awesome. Thank you, Jesus. Devil, you have no right over these people. But today the blood of Jesus atones for them. They are washed. They are clean. They are accepted because they've accepted you by the blood of Jesus. I thank you, God. You're going to walk with them. You're going to talk with them. You're going to work with them. You're going to live with them. You're going to play with them. I thank you, God, that this is a journey, and day by day, you will journey it out with them in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. 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 Come on, give them a big round of applause. Awesome. Just stay here for a moment. I, wa I want to give every one of you uh, uh, a, a Bible and a couple of gifts. And I would ask if you would just follow Juliet and Donna right now. And Jade, they're going to take you through the side room. If you would just lead the way, would you go that way? Follow this young lady and that young man. Let's give them a big hand as they go. God bless you. God bless you so much. That's awesome. Thank God. Thank God. Church, I want to remind you that uh, the movie, The Favorite, will be coming out very soon. You'll be able to talk to Daniel or Kathy or Luke about that. Uh, the select theaters will be showing this movie. They also have a product table up the back with some books and different other things regarding Luke's story and the movie. If you need prayer this morning, we have our prayer partners that are standing by. Just come on down the front as the service ends and we, we, we pray over the service. Come on down and they will join you in prayer and believe God for your miracle. If you need a miracle today, God does miracles best. Amen. Now, Father, I thank you for all of these men and women. I thank you for what you've done here today. I thank you, Holy Spirit, that today people have been set free from the kingdom of darkness and they have come into the kingdom of Jesus Christ. 
God, we give you all the glory and we thank you. And I thank you for miracles that are about to happen as people are prayed over in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen.